0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready
1: to receive a word from God today.
0: We're about to move into the message, and we do ask that you silence your cell phone. If you brought a child with you into the auditorium, that's perfectly all right, but we do ask if they get restless, you take them to the atrium where you can watch the message by the fireplace. And as for giving, we don't pass a plate here at the Vineyard, but giving back to Jesus is super important and an awesome way to worship him. So you'll find giving boxes all throughout the building, or you can give at thevineyard.info slash give. Thanks, everyone. That's all for me. Again, I'm Steve Huffman. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at the church. It's good to see everybody tonight. Oh, it's been fun so far. Uh, here's a couple of things we have in store. First of all, can I pray for the offering? Uh, Ryan mentioned uh, giving boxes all throughout, and it just reminded me how generous you are. Not just a couple of minutes ago with the teachers, but you guys are great. So let me pray for the offering. Pray, why don't you pray with me? So Father, it's a, it's a blessing to give back. Freely, you have given us the means to do that. And so freely, we give back to you, God. And help us here at the Vineyard to do great ministry. Not only here in our building or at Grape Road, but uh, in the city, in the region, in the world. Help us to do great, great ministry to make the name of Jesus famous. I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, a couple of things for me. First, this is the last message of the series of the summer. It has been a phenomenal series, but I want to give you a glimpse of what's coming up. Or do you want to know what's coming up in the next series? Yes, yeah, so the next here's the next series. It's a little teaser. I think we have a graphic. The graphic is missing pieces. And so we're going to spend a bit of time in the coming weeks looking at the missing pieces of our faith. Many times we enter church, we enter conversations, and we think we have everything we need, but in reality, we're missing some big chunks. And so our goal is to fill in those missing pieces. For us as a church and the people that you bring with you, our goal is to increase our spiritual maturity because the world needs that. We need that. So that's our goal in the coming weeks. It is a great series to invite a friend. Your neighbors would benefit from this series, so invite them. So that'll start next week. Pastor Mark will be here next week to start that series out. So today, to close out the uh, current series, is my pleasure to invite Pastor Kathy Smarella up to the stage. <laughs> Pastor Kathy.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Steve. That's kind of the first time we said that, so that was kind of fun. Uh, yeah. So before I get started, I wanted to let you guys know that on Monday morning, we have a team, a small team of four people who are headed out to Uganda. There's their picture coming up. Uh, They are headed to Uganda to visit the Dreamland children who are in the Rhino refugee camp. And my hope is that you'll pray for them because they're going to encourage the kids. It's, it, it can be, it's a long trip. And it's uh, Lindsay Stevenson, she's right there, she's going. And so pray for them. And if you want to get updates, uh, go to thevineyard.org slash missions and sign up and then you'll get updates from them um, just about every day. So you'll find out what's going on with them. So I hope that you will do that. So we're going to be in 2 Samuel 16 uh, eventually. And so you can use your paper Bible. You can use your smartphone. There's Bibles under the chairs. And so uh, before we get there, I'd like to start with a story. Has anyone heard the name Cory Ten Boom before? Anyone? Yeah, a few of you have heard that name. So if you haven't, Cory Ten Boom wrote a book called The Hiding Place. And in the 30s and 40s, during World War II, Corey and her family, it was the Holocaust, uh, they did a very brave thing. They hid Jewish refugees in their home. It was very brave, and it was incredibly dangerous. They ended up being turned in. Cory Tenboom ended up going to a, a concentration camp, and the stories that she tells about that are pretty horrific, as you can imagine. And after she's released from the concentration camp at the end of the war, Uh, She becomes a speaker and an author, and she talks about hope and forgiveness in the midst of that horror. It's an amazing story. And one of the things that she shares, I wanted to share with you. It's going to come up on the screen. She met a gentleman after she spoke about forgiveness. She met a gentleman who was a guard at the concentration camp where she was. He did not remember her, but she remembered him. And this is what happened. She stood there. She, this is Corey Ten Boom talking. I stood there with coldness clutching my heart. Jesus, help me. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder. It raced down my arm. It sprang into our joined hands. And this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all of my heart. So I used that story to ask us a question. How easy is is it for us to forgive? How easy is it for us to forgive? I know, I believe, that probably forgiveness might come easier for some than others. Some people are able to let things go pretty easily, but I, my guess is that there's folks in the room who it comes much harder. Maybe it's because of harder hurts, I'm not sure, but my guess is some folks have been holding grudges for a long time and it seems impossible to forgive. It seems impossible to let it go. Imagine you were in Cory Ten Boom's shoes. Would you be able to forgive? I think it's a good question. Can I share one more story? Yeah, one more story. Okay, so this one's a little more recent, and you might remember it. Uh, In October 2006, there was a shooting at an Amish school, uh, yeah, in Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania. And five Amish schoolgirls were killed, five more were seriously wounded. And the remarkable thing about the story is the way that the Amish reacted It, the way that they reached out to the shooter's family. They came to the shooter's family and they offered forgiveness, they offered condolences, they even brought gifts, and some of them even went to the shooter's funeral. They said that forgiveness was possible because of God. And one of the folks in the Amish community said this They said, Why is everyone surprised? It's just standard Christian forgiveness. It's what everybody should be doing. I don't know about you, but that gives me chills, and I've read it a lot of times. Let me ask again, how easy is it for us to forgive? Those are big stories of forgiveness, corey Ten Boom and the Nickel Mines uh, story. My guess is maybe not all of us have big stories of forgiveness like that. But my guess is some folks in the room do have some pretty big things to forgive. Maybe your spouse had an affair. Maybe someone's told lies about you and it's changed the direction of your life and not in a good way. Maybe right now, someone is telling rumors about you, spreading rumors about you that you know aren't true. Forgiveness can be a thing, even in the seemingly little things. Even when you've been offended or when your neighbor's dog poops in your yard day after day after day and they don't clean it up. Maybe it's that. Maybe you've been waiting for someone to apologize to you before you forgive them. And just so you know, that's not how it's supposed to work. We have a need for forgiveness in our lives and it's not always easy. It's a thing. Forgiveness is a thing. It's a big deal. But you know what else is a big deal? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness leads to bitterness. And bitterness eats us up inside. Forgiveness, by the way, is not supposed to be optional. This is what God says about forgiveness. In Colossians 3, he says, bear with each other and forgive one another. And he goes on to say, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It's a command. Forgive one another. And then Jesus talks about forgiveness and he says it's connected to our relationship with him. In the gospel of Mark it says, "When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that so that your father in heaven may forgive your sins." Those words, "I forgive you," they're life-changing. So how do we get there? How do we get to a place where we can forgive more easily? So hold that thought. We're in our, as Pastor Steve already said, we're in our last message of the David series. I have to say, I'm a little sad it's over. I'm a little sad it's over. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Has anybody finished the reading plan yet? Do you still have one more week? A couple of you, you. It's not too late. There's still bookmarks at the Resource Center. It's been so good. And so uh, we're going to head to 2 Samuel 16 because David has something to teach us about forgiveness. And a little background, David's kingdom is in a little bit of turmoil. His son, Absalom, has started a conspiracy against David, and he's been kind of sneaky about it. He's taken his time, he's declared himself the king, and people actually followed him. And so David recognizes that Absalom really does have some power, and he wants to protect the city And he wants to protect the people in it. So he he takes off. He leaves the city with his whole household and 600 army men. So it's not a small thing. Uh, Yeah. And so we're going to pick up the story along the way. And the passage that we're going to read, as David is walking out of town, a guy named Shimei comes up to him. He starts yelling. He starts cursing at David and his men. And Shimei was a relative of Saul. If you remember, Saul was the king before David, and Shimei is not a fan of our friend David. So we're going to pick it up in verse 7, 2 Samuel 16. This is Shimei talking. Really, he's yelling, but I'm not going to yell at you. Um, So he says, get out, get out, you murderer, you scoundrel. The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has given the kingdom into the hands of your son Absalom. You, David, have come to ruin because you are a murderer. So the whole time, if you go on to read that story, the whole time he's yelling and cursing, he's throwing rocks and he's throwing dirt at David and his men. Pretty much this guy has crossed the line. It's really not what you're supposed to do to the king of Uh, Judea. And so one of the things, as I was trying to kind of picture this, this thought came to my mind. So I don't know why. uh, We were talking about the Queen of England during lunch one time with our staff. I think it's because the Downton Abbey movie is coming out. Yes. Woo. Okay. So the Queen of England, if you go to, if you went to England and let's say you went to Buckingham Palace and the Queen comes out and you start yelling and cursing and throwing rocks and throwing dirt at the Queen, I don't think that's going to go well for you. I really don't think it's going to go well. You know the dudes in the tall hats, the guards who are usually like pretty stoic? Pretty sure they take you down because it's inappropriate. The queen deserves respect. And so that's kind of what's happening here. And in David's case, one of his mighty men, Abishai, he knows that this is wrong. And this is what he says to David. Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. Abishai is not messing around. But listen to what David says. My son, he's talking about Absalom. My son, my own flesh and blood is trying to kill me. How much more than this Benjamite, that Shimei? Leave him alone. Let him curse for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will look upon my misery and restore to me his covenant blessing Instead of his curse, today. So today we're going to dive in, we're going to talk about David's heart and David's ability to forgive. The talk is titled, Pardon Over Punishment, David's Heart to Forgive. The hope for us today, the hope for me today, is that we get a little bit closer to having that kind of heart. To having a, a willingness to forgive to move more quickly to forgiveness. Who could use some help to have a heart like that? Likely this week, something's going to happen and you're going to need to forgive someone. Someone's going to offend you. Someone's dog is going to poop in your yard. You're going to need to forgive someone. Wouldn't it be great if we could go there more willingly? So I'll share a couple thoughts on how I think this passage can be helpful. So if you would, pray with me as we get started. Jesus, Jesus, David's called the man after your heart. So my guess is we want more of that. We want to be more and more like you. And David's got some things to teach us. So Father God, if I try to say anything, it really won't be much. But if you speak, I think you have something to say to us tonight. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So. For us to be more forgiving people, I have a couple ideas. The first one is this. We can all be more forgiving if we recall God's forgiveness in our own lives. If we recall God's forgiveness in our own lives. So if we go back to our passage for just a second, and Shimei is cursing David, and he's throwing rocks and dirt at him. This is David's response. Leave him alone, let him curse. For the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will look upon my misery and restore to me his covenant blessing instead of his curse curse today. Though it kind of sounds like David might be feeling sorry for himself, he says, look upon my misery. I don't really think David's feeling sorry for himself. I think he's just being realistic about the situation, and I think he's really hoping that God's going to redeem it. It's been a tough road for David for a little bit here. Things aren't going that well for him. He's running for his life one more time. And part of that is a result of his own sin. If you remember a few messages back, uh, we talked about David and his sin with Bathsheba, and he racked up three of the top 10, Three of the top ten sins, covening, adultery, and murder, all in one scenario, all with Bathsheba. And there were consequences. One of the consequences was, was that his family was going to have some issues. But in the midst of all of that sin, David learned the forgiveness of God. He's personally experienced God's forgiveness and he believes in it and he's confident in it. David wrote Psalm 51 after he was confronted, from, uh, confronted in his own sin. And Psalm 51 says this it says, Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean, wash me and I will be whiter than snow. And then he says in Psalm 32, he says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. I think David gets it. I think he gets forgiveness because he's experienced it. I think, and I don't think this is too much of a stretch, I think David can forgive Shimei because he's experienced forgiveness himself, because he knows what it feels like. And he's more willing to give it out because he's personally experienced it. You can write this down. It's a quote by uh, teacher Chuck Swindoll. I think probably lots of people have said it. Forgiven people make the best forgivers. Don't they? Forgiven people make the best forgivers. And if you're not a forgiver, here's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to end up holding a grudge. And grudges get ugly and they get out of control kind of like Shimei's, because here's the thing about Shimei's accusations. They're not actually even true. What Shimei is saying, David hasn't done the things that Shimei says he's done. If we go back to what Shimei said to him, he says, the Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul. Well, here's the thing. David protected Saul on more than one occasion. He protected Saul's household on more than one occasion. And then he says, the Lord has given the kingdom into the hands of your son Absalom, which isn't true. Absalom just took it. And then it says, you have come to ruin because you are a murderer. And he's talking about Saul. And David didn't kill Saul. Saul died on the battlefield. Shimei is not seeing things clearly. And I think what is happening, this is a little bit of Kathy Smirella interpretation, I think that Shimei is bringing up this stuff that happened almost 30 years ago because he hasn't let it go. Saul died almost 30 years ago, and he just hasn't let it go. It feels to me like Shimei is nursing a grudge, and he's been nursing this grudge for a super long time. He's ticked off, and grudges generally mean unforgiveness. And his grudge over the years has turned a little bit crazy. He's a little bit wacky right now because... So here's an example. You know when we're mad at someone and when we stay mad and it never gets resolved and you never talk to that person, sometimes it gets bigger and bigger and bigger in your head, right? Sometimes that happens. So let me give you an example from my own little life. Uh, So many, many years ago, I had a crush on a guy. It's true. It's happened before. And so his name, we'll call him Don. Well, that was his name. His name was Don. And... (laughs) Yeah, I really liked him. I really did. And I had a friend named Suzanne Poffenberger. I could not make up that name. Suzanne Poffenberger. And uh, Suzanne knew that I liked Don. She did. And I thought that it was going pretty well because Don and I were hanging out. We were doing some stuff. He was calling me. We were talking on the phone. That's when you actually did talk on the phone. And so, but then I find out he's spending a lot of time talking to Suzanne on the phone. Right? I know, right? You get it. You get it. Because I'm kind of annoyed by this because Suzanne knows I like him. What is she doing talking to him on the phone? I was really mature about it all, right? So I'm embarrassed to admit this, but it's kind of true. As I was thinking about this story, I would create these little scenarios in my head where I would make up what they were talking about, I would make up what they were doing, and why he was spending time with her and not with me. It got ridiculous. It got ridiculous. And I'm pretty sure. It has something to do with her big blonde hair and her southern accent. Because I think that Don liked southern accents. So, I don't know, whatever. Um, I have a, okay, never mind. I have, I have a Michigan accent. It's not that pretty. But so here's the thing. Honestly, for all you people from Michigan, I love you. But it's true southern accents are prettier. Um, Okay, honestly, I'm pretty sure that I don't remember all the details correctly because I know that Suzanne had big blonde hair. I am not 100% sure she had a southern accent. (laughs) I think that she had a southern accent, but I'm not completely sure because I held a grudge for a long time and I think the story got all messed up in my head. I don't think that I was thinking clearly about what happened. And you know what? This grudge. I'm pretty confident it affected my relationship with Suzanne. I think it affected our relationship long term, because I held a grudge. I'm pretty sure that I made it into way more than it was over the years. And grudges aren't pretty. And Suzanne Poffenberger, if you are watching this message, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Grudges lead to bitterness, and bitterness is not what we're supposed to be about. It's not what God would have for us. In Hebrews twelve fifteen, it says this, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out, here's the key, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many, corrupting many. When we don't get the whole story, when we don't forgive, it can get ugly, it can get ugly. And I think that's what happened to Shimei. Because Shimei's accusations are false accusations, and he's been mad for a really long time. And you know what David does? David takes it. David takes the yelling, he takes the cursing, he takes the rock throwing, and he takes the lies. David had every right to defend himself. David had every right to set the record straight, and he doesn't do it. Shimei was way out of line in what he did, and David could have punished him, and he didn't. He didn't punish him. Because I think David remembers how God forgave him for so, so many things. In Micah 7, it says this, "'Who is a God like you who pardons sin? "'You, God, do not stay angry forever, "'but you delight to show mercy.'" And in the message version, it says mercy is your specialty. Mercy is your specialty. That's what forgiveness is. It's mercy. It's forgiving even when we have the power not to. Even when it might not be deserved. David is deciding that mercy is his specialty. So how about you and me? Am I willing, are you willing To make mercy your specialty. Are you willing to make mercy your specialty? This should change us. It should influence the way that we forgive other people. By the way, I'm not saying it's easy. I think forgiveness is super hard. I think it hurts. And I'm so, so sorry if you've had an awful, awful hurt. But there's a reason that God says forgiveness is not an option. There's a reason that he knows, the reason, he knows that bitterness eats us up. He knows that unforgiveness isn't healthy. And he knows that in forgiveness, there's freedom. There's freedom in forgiveness. By the way, he's the biggest forgiver of all, right? And he knows it's hard. He sent his son to die on the cross to sacrifice for us. He knows it's hard. But he knows it's worth it. He knows forgiveness is worth it. So that's the first point. We can all be more forgiving if we recall God's forgiveness in our own lives. And the second point is this we can all be more forgiving if we resist aggressive voices. If we resist aggressive voices. So we're going to go back to our passage for just a second. David's got a guy in his life who doesn't want to forgive. Abishai, remember him? Abishai, basically his bodyguard. And when Shimei attacks, he says, why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. You'll see if you keep, if you read on three chapters later, David is back being the king. He comes back and Abishai, uh, Shimei makes a return and Abishai says the same thing. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. Cut off his head. He's got revenge on his mind. Even if David doesn't have revenge on his mind. And by the way, as we said, Abishai is not necessarily wrong. David, as the king, could punish Shimei, but he doesn't do it. No one would have expected David not to react to that. But listen to what David says. I love this so much. He says, what is this to Abishai? What does this have to do with you? He shuts Abishai down with one sentence. What does this have to do? To do with you. I think if we took that approach, sometimes it would be helpful to us. I think it would be helpful. How many of us know the messages that we get from people, from friends, from television, from billboards? They say, get them. They say, don't let anyone get away with that. They say, fight for your rights. I have an example. Watch this example. I was walking in the grocery store. Well, my foot slipped on some water that was left on the floor, and ba-bam, I hit the floor hard. I hit my head and sprained my wrist. There was no warning, no sign, just ba-bam. So that's when I called Attorney Tom Sparks. Tom handled my case, and ba-bam, he got me $45,000.
0: Storefall, make the call. It starts with Sparks. Call 1-800-SPARKS-LAW.
1: Ba-bam, ba-bam. Right? It's kind of fun to say. Ba bam, try it. Ba bam, right? Alright, that was a little weak, but whatever. That's okay. So, you know, get 'em that attitude. Don't let anyone get away with anything. By the way, this is not a slam on attorneys. I know lots of great attorneys. My brother's an attorney and he's awesome. So but get 'em is this message that we hear from so many different places in our lives, from our friends, from our family, from our coworkers, who push us toward revenge and retaliation instead of forgiveness. So you can write this on your handout. Be cautious of those who think they know what you should do. Who think they know what you should do, and I get it. Sometimes revenge seems deserved. Quite a while ago, I was in a situation. I was working with somebody, and uh, there was it was not not a good situation. There was betrayal. There was lying. I ended up having to leave that job because of it. I lost friendships because of it. And I have to say, so it was a ministry thing. And so this guy was doing stuff for God. And I have have to say that I kind of hoped he didn't succeed. I know, it's not very nice. But I kind of hoped he didn't succeed because I didn't want God to bless a person that I didn't think was a very good person. And there were lots of people in my life telling me, encouraging me to think that way. And it wasn't helpful. It wasn't helpful. It's not the way that Jesus would have us live. Sometimes we don't think it's fair to have to forgive, and maybe sometimes it's not. But Jesus models forgiveness in a way where bitterness can't get in, where other voices can't get in. When he was killed, when he was dying on the cross, when he was bleeding, and pain was everywhere, and he did nothing to deserve it, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And even when he's lying on the cross, there were voices taunting him. They were taunting him and they were telling him he should get down. What's the verse? It says, He saved others. This is what they're yelling at Jesus. He saved others but he can't save himself. Let him come down now from the cross and we'll believe in him. Those weren't the voices that he was listening to. Can I challenge us today, each one of us, don't be the voice that calls for revenge. Don't be the voice that calls for unforgiveness. Be the voice that calls for forgiveness and grace. Be that voice. The Bible says this in Ephesians 4.29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it it may benefit those who listen. This is your last fill in the blank. When it comes to forgiveness, God's voice should be the loudest. God's voice should be the loudest. To close, honestly, you know, we can have a life with or without forgiveness. We can pick bitterness because forgiveness seems like it's too hard. We can do that. Or we can pick forgiveness, which is far, far bre- far, far better and there's so much freedom in it. But it does mean you might have to let some stuff go. Which one are you gonna choose? That's the question, not just for you, But it's a question for me, too. So we're going to move into a time of prayer. Why don't you stand with me? Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless, and see you next time.